Episode 71, The Rant, Shay Franklin, Pitbull on the basketball court, tenacious on the sidelines, and earning her stripes as a first-year basketball official. There has never been any doubt that Shay has been talented with anything she has done in the game of basketball. In this pod, she discusses her natural ability when hooping, her love for helping kids that have opportunities right before them, and the mental challenge that officiating presents. All that and more, my conversation with Shay now. The Rant has been brought to you by Roar Organic. Everything your body needs, nothing it doesn't. There's a reason they say variety is the spice of life. And with their new organic line comes the following exciting flavors. Georgia peach, blueberry acai, cucumber watermelon, mango clementine, pineapple mint, strawberry coconut. Ah! Roar Organic uses a proprietary electrolyte blend created with organic coconut water, organic cane sugar, and sea salt. It's non-GMO, vegan-friendly, gluten-free, no artificial colors or flavors, no preservatives, and no artificial sweeteners. Just 2 grams of sugar and only 10 calories per serving. Visit Roar.land and use the code REFEREERANT, one word, in the checkout and receive 10% off your next purchase. That's Roar.land code REFEREERANT. The Rant has been brought to you by the revolutionary product for referees and all professionals alike, Neat Tucks. What the tuck? Traditional shirt stays have been tried and true, but never accounted for those professionals that have shorts as uniforms. What do you do when you officiate soccer or lacrosse or even basketball in the summer? Don't forget about baseball umpires, too. Enter Neat Tucks, which come in style and active versions. Don't get it twisted. You can even wear them at your 9 to 5, too. Listeners of The Rant can visit neattux.com and enter the coupon code REFEREERANT, one word, and receive 20% off your initial order. That's REFEREERANT, one word. Happy tucking! Welcome to another edition of The Rant. I'm your host, Ralph the Ref, with a special, special guest. D2 former basketball player for Dallin College. First year NBWBOA women's official. Um, as well as a coach for various AAU teams, Shay Franklin. What's good? How you doing, boss man? So one thing that I did leave out is that we're kind of from the same neighborhood. We all are from Uniondale School District. And what was so interesting about being from Uniondale School District is that me and you are probably not from Uniondale. I'm from, oh, did you live in Uniondale? Definitely from Uniondale. Oh, good for you, because I lived in Baldwin, <laughs> and I went to school with kids from Hempstead, but went to Uniondale School. So I was always very confused as to why it led up to Grand <laughs> Avenue, but... You're a couple of uh, years after me, but nonetheless, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So I've been trying to get her for the longest time, um, and I want to go back to when I first met her. Met her around a year ago, around this time, <laughs> and she was participating in a women's adult league at Island Garden. And I just remember she reminded me a lot of myself because she talks crazy, and she gets in people's heads. What's really crazy is that you don't really go the cursing route. You kind of just go, you know what, I'm going to take the features that are not as perfect and accentuate it and make you feel bad. And then say things like, wow, why would you say that? Like, you know what, your sneakers are askew. And they're like, what, is that a, is that a diss? So I just remember she was kind of undressing this, uh, this at the time, a, a current collegiate basketball player. And she was off her game. And I think we, we, we kind of talked after the game or during the game and how... You know, when you become a little bit more of an elder statesman in the game, you got to get every edge and, and you, you kind of work the angles instead of your sheer athleticism. So I understand that. And I think that's why we've had a bond. I even did her first 
basketball game, but we'll get into all that. But before we go through everything, um, what was the sports that you played growing up? Where did you uh, where did you grow up and play in middle school? And, and talk about your college experience. Well, I lived in Queens until I was about maybe 11. Moved out to Long Island. And when I got out here, well, back then there were no girls basketball teams. Mm. So I hooped with the guys. It was just me and my best friend. Only two girls on the team. And when I moved out to Long Island, I had to come back to elementary school. I graduated elementary twice because they had different, you know, rules back then. Either way, came on the team first year, got MVP, and ended up getting a scholarship to a tournament at Island Garden. To Mm. a camp, excuse me, at Island Garden. So, from there, I mean, I just kept developing my game. I always loved basketball. I've always played basketball since I was nine. And then when I got to middle school, I picked up volleyball and softball. Mm. So those were my three. But my senior year was all about basketball. From there, went to Dowling. Which elementary school did you go to? Northern Parkway, baby. One thing I wanted to ask you about your elementary and, you know, you went to Turtle Hook? Lawrence Road. Okay, so when you went to Lawrence Road, you know, one of the most coveted things, because I'm a product of those public schools, is that if you could dance... You get just automatic street cred. And if you could play basketball, you're just basically invincible. You're not going to get made fun of probably the whole duration of school. So, you know, I think for me, I kind of treated it in a in a way where I didn't feel like I had to work because I was really good at basketball. But I didn't realize that I had the practice to really do that. Were you practicing when you were in middle school and then ultimately in high school? Or did it just come naturally and, and you just honed your skills while you were playing? Never practice too cocky definitely got rid of a uh, natural ability I mean with my stature definitely never the tallest person on the court but I'll, I'll hustle anybody I'll mm. rebound you I'm just gonna I'll heart you period so for me showing up and just being better than everybody I was like ah, to practice I didn't elevate my game and really learn basketball honestly until I was a sophomore in college mm. and I, I say that and I'm honest about it because I swore I knew everything. Right. And it wasn't until I got there, it was a humbling experience. And that's what took me to the next level. And I was kind of bummed out about it still because it's like, damn, if I only had this knowledge then, what could it have been? Did you come to that conclusion because of your freshman year and it was a big adjustment from kind of being the man on your team and then going like, why am I waking up at five o'clock? Why am I lifting weights? I never had to do any of this stuff. Yep. I actually developed, well, not a bad rep, but... My assistant coach, she still calls me to this day, cranky Frankie. Morning person, not into it. Morning workouts, didn't want to do it. Like, I just was a, I was very much an individual player at that time. And knowing how I am now, it's like I look back and it's like, whoa. I, I like, told two different people. So it was a humbling experience, but I wouldn't have changed it. Because if it started off that way, I wouldn't have appreciated what I learned as I got older. What do you think flipped the switch your sophomore year that made you start going, you know what, I got to start taking, practicing, and all the other extracurricular things that are going to make you better start translating onto the court? I had a coach that saw things in me that I didn't think I had in myself. Like, when I was in high school, I was a straight-up, legit point guard. No jump shot. I could dribble my ass off. I I would play defense on forwards. We'd be like, all right, I could... You know, she would put me on the, the worst person on the floor. And when I got... My sophomore year, my coach was like, no, 
You're going to be my heart and soul. You're going to be my defender. I'm going to put you on anybody. You can stop him. And I was like, no way. <laughs> I didn't believe it. And I'll never forget it. My assistant coach, Rohan, this dude had to be 6'2", 2-something. And every time we would do drills, I had to play defense on him. And he was like, you're going to stop me. And I would want to quit. Like, I can't do this. Because he was giving you the business. He was. Mm. Until one day I was like, nah, I'm not, I'm not tapping out. And the rest is history. From there, I, I guarded anybody on the floor, from a guard to a center and anybody else. And I knew once I was on them, I was shutting them down. Okay, so now you're telling me that you were getting into Patrick Beverly territory. Oh, yeah. Right, so he, because he reminds me of me. Draymond reminds me of oh, me. Oh, yeah. Shea Franklin reminds me of me. And I'm way more effective at the park because there's no referees, <laughs> right? <laughs> I like to do a little flagrant and a half, let them know I'm in the building because, yo, I'm not a shooter. I could pass. I could dribble. But, you know, my thing is that, and this is always my favorite trick at the park, lock somebody up. They get so angry. You take, like, maybe three shots. They're like, yo, you can't score. They're like, I don't care about scoring. I just want to lock you up. Right. I just want to ruin your day. Right. I don't care about any of that. I just want you to be mad at me. In turn, everybody being mad at you because you're focused on the scrub. Um but one thing that I did fail to mention is that the biggest bond that we had was the first time you did the game, and I'll never forget, now that I look back <clears throat> on the court, it was you, Aaliyah was on the court, Mary was on the court, Katrina was on the court, all first-year officials. And you guys were getting at the officials, including myself. I think it was either an out-of-bounds play or a, or a loose ball where you thought you got fouled, and you looked right at me like, that's a foul. Yep. And I said, who is this? <laughs> And it wasn't even like, do you know who I am? It was more like, man, what I, what keeps me calm in those type of moments is like, you know, I'm, I know where you're coming from because you don't know anything about officiating. I wonder what it would be like if this young lady decided to officiate at some point. Boom, boom, boom. But what I wanted to ask you before that, and not so much in your adult, but more in your collegiate experience and your experience playing in the Uniondale circuit, what was your... What was your perception of referees and what was your relationship with referees? Especially after you uh, started playing Patrick Beverly type defense. I, referees to me, I felt like then they didn't let us be physical enough as females. Mm. So it would piss me off because like I said, I grew up playing against men, dudes that, I mean, could really ball and they didn't take it easy on me. I would get insulted if I'm playing against a dude and he's like, oh, I'm taking it easy because I'm a girl. I would call, then I'm really pissed. Now I'm really going to get under your skin because I mm. want you to play me. Don't say like, oh, I beat you because you're a girl. Like you could never use that excuse against me. So for me, officials, and I was very combative. I felt like, let me play. Like, let me play. I'm not grabbing jerseys. I'm not playing dirty. But if I want to lock somebody up and I want to get on this girl, if she starts freaking out, don't call a foul on me. Let me hoop. Let me play. Just like I feel like with another thing I had with officials, something happens and it's not directed at a player. I'm saying it in general. Good shit, so-and-so. Good shot. Boop. I get a tech. Mm. Why? And I would say that all the time. That doesn't happen in the men's game. So for me, officials, I, I don't know. I just felt like they didn't let us play physical enough. And then being a stronger guard, mm. being that you're bailing out this soft guard I'm playing against. Now, if I take it strong to the hole and I get hit, mm -hmm. 
give me that foul. I want the same in return. And I never felt like I got that. So I wasn't a big fan of officials, honestly. But I wasn't going to say, oh, they, they ruined that game for me. Well, especially like when you're playing games in Long Island, I think it's difficult to... There's two different types of referees. There's somebody like me, somebody like Brian Jones, who's from the community, right? So I understand where you're coming from, and I'm going to give you more leeway on top of me playing basketball myself. I get that. I'm like you. So it's weird when I call something on you because it kind of hurts my soul because I feel like I'm calling the call on myself. And, you know, you have to separate that too as an official because at the end of the day, I got to draw a line in the sand and say like, okay, well... You know, I would try to get away with that, but at the same time, that is illegal. So I should call it. But, you know, sometimes these people aren't from our neighborhood. And then sometimes they, they referee very black and white. And sometimes refereeing is more more so gray, you know, very gray. But going back to being very black and white, your experience, I'm pretty sure, of taking the class was very black and white. You either pass or you fail. Yep. So I wanted to discuss what informed you to your uh, I guess your 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 want your willingness to want to become an official. How did that? How did you get the bug to even have that in your mind to start doing it? I love basketball, hundred and ten percent. I'll be thirty two in August, and my body doesn't operate the way it used to. Mm. So it was either I'm going to tap out, this is it, which Mary never <laughs> lets me tap out, or it was like, okay, what's the next best thing I can do aside from coaching, where I have the best seats in the house. Mm. And I was officiating. Mm. So I said, all right, I'm going to give this sh- a shot. It was way more um, commitment than I ever imagined. Right. But I'm glad that I did it because I feel like it made me a better player, a better coach. And in turn, I'm becoming a better ref- referee with all three of those. Mm. So that was just something that I, I felt like, you know what? Let me just go give this a shot. And I have, I mean, I haven't regretted it yet. I also think that that's the missing piece um, officiating or not so much becoming an official, but more so the steps to, you know, reading the rule book. Cause I think every coach should really read that because sometimes when they complain, you know, we have a mixture of the NBA game, the WNBA game, the college game, and then federation rules, you mix that all up in a pot. Yeah. You know, no one's going to distinguish that when you're a fan, when you are the parent of a kid, that's really good. Yeah. You might see something the night before clear path foul. Now you got everyone in the stands calling clear path foul. And now you as a ref, I mean, we can't be putting out fires everywhere and saying, right. no, that's wrong. Right. You just have to look like the bad guy. So um, after that, so you passed the class. I want to discuss your first experience officiating, even though it was with me. I want to know what your vantage point was. I had a brain freeze. I don't, I think, I think you tossed the ball. Yes. I didn't put my arms up. I was in La La Land. A couple times. I remember the basketball went over the hoop. It actually hit the top. And I'm just standing there like, what? And you let me stand there. <laughs> Shay, call it. What are you doing? I think after the first time out, I went up to Shay and I said, Shay, didn't you play in college? <laughs> you played in college, right? You know what's illegal. You know it's not illegal. So what happened? Your whistle's not working today? or My favorite moment of that game was... <laughs> There was a little like cargo net, <laughs> and it straight it straight hit it, and it completely redirected the ball. Yo, Shay was like this. She just looked at it like it was a kite, and I was like, "Why you're not gonna call that?" And she's like, "Oh yeah, I should call that, right?" And I think that's when you first understood 
Like there's one thing to be an official and take abuse. And there's one thing to play basketball. And, you know, something that I can relate with you is that I was groomed the point guard too. And I think what's interesting about being a point guard is I think when it hit the cargo net, and I mean, it's just, it's, it's crazy to think about now, but, um, you know, when you're a point guard, you only have a certain amount of responsibilities. Bring up the ball. You might be in a little um, motion offense. You pass it to the left wing, right wing. You might have to go away, give him a screen, and then that's it. I mean, you're not you're not rebounding. You may or may not be guarding the fastest person, but refereeing isn't like that. Refereeing is knowing what the time is, what the score is, what the situation is, what color the teams are, which direction they're going, who's in foul trouble, what's the mechanic for this. And you start to realize, like, yo, I think officiating is harder. It is. Right? No doubt about it. When did it. you start realizing that? When you were in class? No. Because when I was in class, I said, oh... I'm learning new stuff. Oh, this is going to be a breeze. It wasn't until... I wouldn't even say the first... Like, the first day with you was like, this is tough. Mm. My very next time... You know, they try to put rookie refs with senior refs. Mm -hmm. And just so happened, I switched games with somebody and ended up with a rookie ref, just Mm. like me. And that's when I realized, like, all right, this is about to get real. So, I think that was my most eye-opening experience because who just had the last jump? Oh, it was a timeout. Where am I inbounding the ball? Who was my shooter that just got fouled before the timeout? Like, it was so many things to think about. And I was like, all right, I got to come back on my A-game. Fatigue, because I definitely wasn't in shape at that time. Mm. And I I think I had maybe five or six games my first day at Island Garden. I was dead. Mm. And, you know, fatigue... All right, putting up this. I'm, I'm I'm putting up the wrong signal. I'm doing this. I, I, my whistle was late, or uh, I anticipated a call. There's so many things that come into it. I would definitely say officiating is harder than basketball because basketball is like I got to worry about myself. Technically, mm. refereeing, I have to worry about them. I got to worry about my partner. I got to worry about the table. Got the coaches. You know, I, it, it was a lot. Definitely more than I ever anticipated. Having said that, do you think that um, you playing high school at a high level and also playing collegially at a high level, do you think that it's helped you become a good official from the onset? I feel like I have a, uh, an advantage because people don't understand. Something that I had a partner one time kept calling a travel and his kid doing a Euro step. Mm. It wasn't a travel at all. He just kept calling a travel. There's and- a lot of referees that don't update their firmware either. You know, and the firmware only gets updated by watching new type of plays. Right, right. So, I, I, had I been that player, I would have been it. The worst thing to do is have a referee take you out of your game. That's my opinion. Because you're not playing against me. Now you got six on five instead of five on five. Don't worry about the official. Mm. So, but, you know, stuff like that. But I do feel like it put me at an advantage because I understand now. I understand what one ref might call a foul. I might not call it. Vice versa. Somebody might not call a foul. I'm going to call it because similar to what you said, if I see a point guard playing physical like I do, all right, I'm going to watch now. I'm Mm. not going to say, okay, when you do this, is you have to literally watch the game. You have to get involved. It's almost like, uh, I don't know, some sort of meditation, if you want to say, but you, you you have to be focused with these games. 
And on top of that, I'm responsible for everybody's safety, which is the biggest thing for me, especially with the younger kids. Because a lot of these people don't know what they're doing, mm. even coaches. So I actually found it funny that you said that they should take the, you know, take the class because I do agree. Because a lot of people don't know what they're doing. Yeah, and I also get disappointed when we have a coach and they're kind of like micromanaging and we're like, that's a walk, that's a film. Yeah. It's like, now we're not coaching. Right. Now, now, now I don't know where you're coming from. And also... When I have, when I feel like the coach has a lack of rule knowledge, I don't even acknowledge him. I won't even give him that courtesy. Now, the double-edged sword is that if you have somebody that's complaining all the time and knows the rules, right. then we have to ref a little differently. Right. And those are all the, you know, subcategories of referees. So you think you're at the point where you're taking it serious? And, you know, what is your leap going to be your second season now? What are your goals? Well, I know that I'm serious about it because the first thing that I had to do was get myself prepared mentally and physically. So I'm down 16 pounds right now. I saw I, I saw that on, on Instagram <laughs> and, and you, you had your little belly out yeah. for May and now I, I was like, oh, wow. Well, it's, it's like you just sliced it for uh, for Thanksgiving. No shade. <laughs> yeah, the first thing was mentally, physically preparing myself. So I said... I. Just like how I would on the basketball court. A couple times I got out there and I almost felt embarrassed. Like, wow. I, in order for me to get a good angle, I'm going to get up the court. In order for me to get up the court, I got to get in shape. Mm. So that was something that I really took to heart. And on top of that, Sherry said something to me um, when we were doing our floor tests. And she was like, you run like a damn um, uh -oh. <laughs> a gazelle. And she said, if I could run like you that I would be roughing D1 basketball. Mm. So I said, well, damn, if I have the physical, and mind you, we talked about me never preparing myself or applying myself the way I should to see, okay, how far can I really take this? So as an adult, I said, what am I waiting for? Mm. Doesn't matter if I'm in my 30s. People officiate for another 20 years from now. So I said, I'm going to take this time now so I don't look back at it after and say, damn, shoulda, coulda, woulda. I'm going to apply myself. And I really took it to heart. And I could get with somebody. They don't take it seriously. Like, look, we're not switching. We're not this. We're not that. That's their prerogative. But I'm going to work on what I need to do. Mm. So I most definitely take it serious. I would hope and love to grow within this because I love basketball. I study the sport mm. all day, every day. So it's like if I could have best seats in the house and I'm getting paid yep. to do what I love without all the physical and everything else that comes to playing. I think I, I would be crazy to say, no, nah, I'm good. Hmm. Why not? So what are the plans for the rest of your summer, even though I know that July is winding down? You still got your adult league, and you're just going to be do a, a mixture of refing and playing? Yep. And Refing, coaching as I well. still coach. I have my regular 9 to 5. I just, I'm committed to it right now. Hmm. And then the thing that was another confidence builder is people seeing the effort that I put into it. And coming up to me and saying, hey, it was a pleasure working with you. Or somebody coming up to me and saying, hey, such and such worked with you last game. They said you did a great job. Mm -hmm. Because I, for me to be in my first year, I got a lot of good feedback. Yeah, and you worked with one of my guys from the city, Jared Jacobson, the other day. And what he normally does is, you know, he's been at Island Garden for about 15 years now. So he'll always go and he'll see a lot of new people and he'll text me and go, Shay Franklin, go. And I go, the homie. Yells at me in the dully. <laughs> just started, but you're gonna have a lot of fun tonight. And you guys had fun, right? We did, we did. <laughs> and I was, I came up to him because being a an official is one thing. Being a female official mm -hmm. is a whole different entity in For itself. Sure. 
I don't want to be coddled. I don't want to be babied. It's just like if I'm out there hooping. Don't take it easy on me because I'm a female. Mm. Give it to me real. But in the same stance, I'm the last person on this earth you're going to bully. And I make that very clear without me raising my voice, without me cursing or disrespecting disrespecting you. I need you to understand that I demand respect. I deserve respect. I'm going to get that respect. Mm. So it was a situation that happened where a coach who usually gives fever and people are like, oh, I don't want to ref this guy's game. I respected him because the, the coach said one thing, said two things. He didn't even get to a third. He checked it, which I respected. And it is something that I'm learning right now is game control. Not letting a situation get out of hand, keeping it professional. I'm not going to argue and bicker with you back and forth. I'm going to check it. Boop. Mm. And now this game is under control. Yeah. I also started some new thing, too. I, I'm very reluctant to call technical fouls because I like to think that I can get them off the ledge. Mm-hmm. I just did an adult league game maybe like three days ago, and some kid was just like, I got slapped, I got slapped, I got slapped on the on the jump shot. I didn't say one word. And then he comes up to me at the time. He's like, you're not even going to acknowledge me? I was like, I'll acknowledge you, but whatever I say, you are already decided right. that you're going to disagree with me. So why should I respond when you're not going to agree with anything I say? And he's like, wow. Thank you for telling me that. Right. I'm sorry I said all that. And, you know, that made me feel good because, you know, I think about, you know, some of the times because I like to smoke. And, and I know you like to mm-hmm. smoke, too, because that's my personality. Right. I like to talk. I like to, you know, but the thing is, sometimes you got to separate that yourself from refereeing because especially me, you know, I'm getting to the point where I'm doing all these high level games in the city. I just can't come out like that. I can't come out like that. So I got to find a new avenue. But it's also, you know, a nice dance that you could figure out the game and right. you know when that's appropriate and when that's not appropriate. Do you think that's structuring you, officiating, in terms of, you know, people management aside from your nine to five and aside from you coaching of how you got to deal with people? Because it's like the ultimate version of customer service. Because every time they're talking to you, it's because they're upset. Right. The thing with me is being a referee made me less argumentative. Somebody says something to me, I'm ready to jump. Mm. Let's go. I'm ready. What you want to do? Now it's to the point where it's like, okay, I just got off of work. I got to go to work tomorrow. This is my downtime technically. So am I going to spend the next three hours arguing with every coach and player and parent? Hell no. Mm. So I'm going to listen to what you have to say. We can, we can, Conversate. You can ask me a question and I can respond to it and explain to you, but you're going to criticize me or disrespect me. Now my ears are off. And since I've been officiating, I honestly think I've given one tech, one tech, but I respect a partner that has my back and is willing to jump in like, all right, I'm going to take control of the situation because I have had partners that did the exact opposite. And it left a very, very sour taste in my mouth. Mm. So this refereeing experience has taught me a lot of patience. And it humbled me a lot. Because I'm not spending my life arguing with somebody. Yeah, That's just not going to happen. Mm. It's not going to happen. So when I ref with him, I, I, I definitely respected that a lot. Because the coach was out of hand. It wasn't like a, all right, I'm going to give you a chance. He was totally out of pocket. Mm. So I respected that. And I always think of that when I see him. Like, okay, I admire that. Mm. Controlling the game. He didn't sweat. He looks like he's not working hard, and he just sees like everyone just When he told control. me how long he's been a fish, I was like, what? Yeah, he used to be a girls official in Massachusetts. I said, you don't even look old enough to have that much tenure under your belt. I know. He explained to me how long he's done it. Yep. 
listen, I the biggest thing to me that I find the most like it motivates me the most is when I see a referee that's on top of their game that technique is on point. Somebody says something, they keep their composure. Mm. Isha's like that, and I respect that a lot about her. I respect that a lot about her. The way she moves on the court, gets the right angle. Like I watch people when they're when they're officiated, and I'm like, okay, okay, I'm gonna do this, and I'm gonna try that, and it helps. Mm. Like the other day, I saw you, and I said, how, you, how the hell you see everything under there? I said I see everything. It takes That's, a while. It takes, takes a, a while. long time, but getting down the angles. Mm. Okay, what am I looking at today? I'm, I'm focusing on. Am I looking at their feet for a travel? Am I looking at his body for this? There's so many things that you have to look, but I, I don't know. It's like the more I do it, the better I want to be at it. And I, wait till wait till you start doing crazy games. You're gonna love it. I wanna I'm be telling you. I wanna be good at it. Like I wanna be very good at it, because I know I can be. Well, you already are good at it, really good at it. So, you know, it just takes more time. And it's kinda like losing weight. The in the beginning you lose a lot of weight. Mm-hmm. But now you want to lose those extra two pounds. Now we got to work super hard right. to get down to those two pounds. Right. And then once you lose those two pounds, now I need that 0.5 and it's going to take that much harder. And that's yeah. what it gets when you get higher. That's true. Um, after everything you said, um, what do you think are the attributes? What do you think it took to get to where you are in this moment in time after your first year as a basketball official? Being a people person is definitely, it, it puts me at an advantage because... Maybe, I don't know if it's the way I can, I don't know what it is, but for some reason, I've just been finding these great networking opportunities. People that say, you know what, Shay, I'm going to look out for you, look out for you. I'm going to put you on with these tournaments. I know you don't have any experience, but I'm going to put you out here. For some reason, people just keep looking. It's not for some reason. I know the reason, but people just keep looking out for me. So I said, well, if people are offering me this, I'm representing them and myself, then that must say a lot about me. Like, mm. okay, I'm doing something right. Mm. Like, even with, with Jim Fox saying, like, stopping me and saying, hey, Shay, I heard you're doing a great job. I just wanted to tell you this and that. Super busy person. You don't have to stop and say those things to mm. me, no matter what. But it's it, it, it just it motivates me more like, all right, I'm doing something right. I want to I want to be good at this. I don't know. I can't I can't describe it, but it's a rewarding experience. And to feel confident as somebody to come, even if a coach is riding me all game. <laughs> For him to come up after, look me in my eyes and shake my hand and say I did a great job, cool. And nothing makes me feel better that you're patient in the moment and you know that because it's one of those things that if you have a bad experience and you don't have the right people behind you, if you don't have a Mary, if you don't have a Katrina, if you don't have um, an Ish, if you don't have a me, if you don't have a Brian Jones and you're getting you know no help and you're by yourself... You might quit. Yeah. I mean, $50 ain't worth getting yelled at all the time unless you know that there's a right. future after that. Listen, I'll never forget. We were leaving. I came to observe a game. I came straight in my work clothes. didn't have anything to get on the floor and referee. And Brian's wife pulled me to the side. And she took, it had to be 15, to, to maybe 15 minutes just to go over. This is what, you know, these are some things that you might, you know, do. And you want to come to the table. She showed me a she didn't have to take that time to do that. She really didn't. But for some reason, she wanted to invest that 10 minutes in me. And I took it and I listened and I applied it. Yeah. But it's stuff like that where it's like, all right, I got this person and that person in my corner. I'm becoming a familiar face more. Now I'm in the circuit again. Mm-hmm. It's It just, it makes me driven. More like, to come. More to come. For sure. What's it going to take to get to where you want to go and ultimately where do you want to go in the game of officiating? 
eventually I would love to get to college. I think that would be amazing. Amazing. And what it's going to take is for me to keep doing what I'm doing now. Take care of myself physically. Keep studying the game. Reading the rules over and over, even though I think I might know it a million times. Because there's still certain things I have gray areas about. And then I just watch senior people to see, all right, how does this person handle the situation? I'm big on observing. Because it's great to read the book, but the scenarios never happen like how it is in there. Mm-hmm. So it's like I can think of it, and then I'm going to watch how you apply it's just like It's just like playing basketball. I have a coach, he's telling me this and that. I'm only keeping what applies to me. Right. Because everything they're saying does not apply to me. Yeah, when they talk about rebounds, I'm like, mm, that ain't me. <laughs> <laughs> that ain't me. So that's how I feel about it. I feel like my destiny is definitely, I'm in control of it, which is a very good feeling to have. And if I keep doing what I'm doing and moving positively and doing the right things, I 110% believe that there's no reason why I shouldn't get what I want or why I won't. And I believe that I will. I really, I genuinely believe that. I believe it too. It's only a matter of time. I remember in the beginning when I was thinking like, wow, this person does college. But now I'm at the point where it's like, it's only a matter of time when you get there, especially when you work that hard. I mean, there's no possible way. Right. You know, Um, the thing that I also wanted to ask you is that, would you consider uh, officiating another sport? And if so, what would it be? Um, Yes, I would consider. I'm taking the girls lacrosse class uh, this year. Just to let you know. It would be between... Something like softball or lacrosse. Something like that. The reason I say softball is I played it, I love it. Mm-hmm. I would say lacrosse because I know nothing about it. But I like the game and what it's about. You know how to do basketball. And I'll always say that basketball is the head of the snake. You know how to do that. You can ref anything. Right. Trust me. Right. Trust me. So those are those are things that I was considering. Like, all right, if I did do it, that's probably what I would be, you know, interested in if I chose to. What's the most stickiest situation that you have ever been in uh, in terms of playing? And what is the most stickiest situation that you've ever been with refing? Besides yelling at me all the time and me refraining from giving you a technical foul. <laughs> playing my senior year. Uniondale. Go Knights. Nope. Dowling. My Dowling. senior year. Um, never won a championship in my life at all. We went to the semifinals against Malloy. I want to say we were up 15 with like eight minutes to go. Out of nowhere, their main scorer fouls out. So I'm like, oh, we got this in the bag. Easy. They went on a crazy run. Crazy run. And they came back and they were down one. Had to be maybe like 11 seconds left. They were down one. I got fouled shooting a three-pointer. I missed all three free throws. Mm. All three free throws. They inbounded the ball. My teammates stole it. Time ran out. We won by one point. Went to the championship. You know, we were planning to go to the championship the next day. That day, I cried in the locker room. Like, we lost. My teammates were like, yo, we won. Like, what's up with you? And it was just like, I felt like... I just felt like a big ass failure, like, wow. Mm. And that's when it finally hit me. Like, I never invested in myself. My teammate, I'll never forget it, from Finland, Yannicka Sundstrom, she used to wake me up early in the morning and be like, let's go to the gym and work out. I'm like, no, I'm good. I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. And I always think about, even now, as an adult, what if I would have just got up? 
What if I would have just got up? You get up now. Where would I be? Where would I be? Mm. So I always beat myself up about it. Always, always, always. Those three free throw shots. We ended up getting smacked in the championship the next day. That's not the point, though. But that point, you felt like you didn't perform when yep. you needed to perform. I felt like I failed myself, my teammates, my coaches, and everything like that. That's a good thing to carry, though. It is. You and my, my coach, you know, you have your end of year meeting. I'll never forget Coach Pelican. He said to me that he felt like he failed me. And I always make sure I come back to him. And I was like, just because I, I didn't, you know, make whatever level I should have been as an athlete, he helped develop me as a as a woman, aside mm-hmm. from my father, of course. Mm-hmm. But I mean, for a coach to invest and believe, it changed me because then I applied those things in my life mm-hmm. in general, not giving up on my teammates, being the voice like, listen, we're not quitting. Like he he instilled that in me. And I always make sure that I express to him, like, you didn't fail me at all. Like, he took me to the next level mm. as a person, as a person. So that was that's the biggest thing I ever held on to as far as playing. And then as far as officiating, um, I had a situation recently at Island Garden, maybe two months ago. I had a guy working the table for me. He was heckling me. That's a foul. That's this. Blah, 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 blah. Like, just being disrespectful. So I came over to the table. I didn't blow him up. A couple times he forgot to run the clock. So I'm like, you got to run the clock. You got to run the clock. So I came up to him and I said, listen, if you're going to do the table, I need you to understand we're on the same side. He's like, but you just told me to run the clock. I said, but that's my job. I have to watch the clock. So he's like, I don't have to do this. I don't get paid for this. So I said, I'll get somebody else to work the table. By the time I turn around, he's on his way to me. Like as if he's about to attack me. My partner jumps in between them. So I'm looking at him like, all right, what what exactly were you going to do? And instead of my partner, well, not controlling the situation, getting the guy off me, he was like, what did you do to him? Why did he react like that? And for my partner to leave me hanging like that, Mm. it left a sour taste in my mouth. And then he was like trying to give me techniques like, hey, as a first year official, I was looking at like, if looks could kill, he would have dropped that. Like, there's nothing that you can tell me about anything that I need to do better at this game because of how bad of a partner you are. That's like the next level that I want to get you into where you're perceptive enough to know, you know what, I'm by myself tonight. Yeah. So I now I got to now I got to do everything and, and not even rely. And that changed me as a referee mm-hmm. because I look at a partner like you're my teammate. Just like how I would, you know, cheer my teammates on, let's go, we got one more line, let's go, go, go. All my partners are not going to be like that. Nope. So that makes me more motivated to sharpen my skills even more because even though I don't feel like you're my partner or my teammate everybody is looking at us as if we're partners and teammates Mm. and I'm gonna have to answer for you or anything else so I it made me want to sharpen my skills more and be more on my game like okay how do I handle situations like this I had other officials there that were like listen you handled that correctly and if that dude would have got out of pocket I was I saw everything but it still was just the initial okay everybody here is not my partner they're not my teammate. They're not out for my best interest. I'm here by myself. Like mm. I'm here by myself, and I need to make sure I'm on top of everything at all times. So those that, were probably the two situations that stuck out the most for me. That won't be the last time, and, and I'm pretty sure you'll know how to handle it a lot better next time. For sure. Um, final question that I wanted to ask you, what is your best moment in terms of playing, and what is your best moment thus far in your short basketball officiating career? Hmm. Playing. It would sound crazy. I don't think I have one playing. I don't think I have one. No accolade? 
locking somebody up, yelling at me. We'll, we'll, we'll go I love yelling, yelling at, at you. I love yelling at you. Playing, no, honestly, maybe it's because it's so far back. I find coaching to be one of the most rewarding things that I do. Mm-hmm. That seeing a uh, a kid that you invest in and them apply the things that you taught them, there's nobody that can tell me anything better than that. Especially when you when when they listen and like 10 years further from where they were, you still weren't listening and they listened to you already. I mean, it's no better feeling. I understand that. What is your best moment thus far as a basketball official? Hmm. I'm reffing at Island Garden and I heard people, you know, get observed and everything like that. And it was, I was nervous. So I see Ernie walk in. I'm like, boy. And the funniest part was my partner was late. So I started the game by myself. Hmm came up to me second half um oh god oh god nothing but good things nothing but good things complimenting me when I told him was my first year he was blown away he he just couldn't stop saying positive things he's like wait till I tell Sherry I'm you're doing amazing doing this doing that the only thing he told me was about my backcourt count that's the only thing My, my voice my technique my mechanics strong voice the way I ran the floor it, it was just that right there hmm. it was the most rewarding thing for me because it's like damn look at me investing myself and getting something out of it I, I, I made an investment and I'm getting a return on it hmm. so that was my whole purpose of doing this and why I always felt like I cheated myself because I never fully applied myself for so for me to apply myself I still feel like I have so much more to give and for her for him to see those things in me it was like, all right, put a little pep in my step. Mm. So that was that was it for me. That's yeah, when you, I knew, like, if, all right. If I'm you get the validation right. from the 49-year-old OG, I mean, he's, <laughs> he's the man to me. I mean, you, if you ever see him work, you're like, man, this guy's the man. I had him when I was in college. Yeah. I had him when I was in college. I so you know forget. the deal. Yeah, but that, that right there, that sealed the deal for me. Icing on the cake. So... Shay, I'm so happy that we got this on wax. I can't wait to publish this. I want to publish this today, but I'm going to wait. Is there any final things you want to say before we part ways? You said it all. I'm not a bully, though. I don't think you are. I don't think you are. But you don't smell blood. Yeah. And you don't. You didn't smell blood on me. You were probably, probably trying to work me and go like, oh, yeah, he, he ain't going for that. Nah, this is the thing when I'm playing. I'm a very physical player. Like I said, I don't have fear in my heart at all when it, com- when it comes to stuff like that. But I always feel like people challenge me because I'm usually the smallest person out there, mm-hmm. smaller person. So I feel like, okay, you want to ball? We gonna ball today. Mm. That's 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 my thing. Like I don't, like I said, I don't back down. I'm gonna talk smack back to you. I'm definitely gonna take you out of your game. But at the end of the game, shake my hand. It's mm. no, it's no love lost, no hard feelings. Mm. But I think it, it actually sets my game up. You know, I love the trash talk. Oh, all day. <laughs> And we're going to continue to trash talk and, and have good times. And, hey, I look forward to your uh, continuous growth. And, you know, in, in no time we'll be doing those those championship games and some college games together because you know I'm a women's official. Can't wait. Can't <laughs> Shay Franklin, this is Ralph the Ref. This is The Ramp. We're signing out. Peace.